0: For the Lord, I look at God's angels. Oh, my Lord, I look at God's angels working for the Lord. Oh, my God, you have a right eye. I look at God's angels working for the Lord. I see God's angels working for the Lord. I worship God's angels working for the Lord. Oh. Hallelujah, yeah, 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 Hallelujah. angels marching for the Lord. I see, yes, I see, oh, I see God's angels marching for the Lord. angels shouting for the Lord I feel God's angels changing the world Yes, I see God's angels marching for the Lord. This is Old School Queenie, and this is Sunday Worship. Yeah, that's my song, God's Angels. And I found an angel in this pastor, this Dr. Pastor, Keenan T. Bridges, who I would like to feature on my podcast this Sunday. Oh, yeah. Oh, Yeah. He's coming with a powerful message. He got beautiful messages. It's the first time I've ever heard any of his messages, because uh, I studied. I stumbled onto him on Facebook uh, uh, yesterday, Saturday. And I got to listen. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop listening to him. For one, he reminded me of Martin Luther King, the way he speaks. Uh, Junior, the way he speaks. Martin Luther King, Junior, where he speaks. Powerful message. And uh, I got to feature him this Sunday. So here ye is one of God's angels, Pastor Keenan Bridges. Uh, let me read a little bit. I found him uh, his bio a little bit. Let me read you a little bit of his bio. Pastor Keenan T. Bridges, uh, through his profound—let me stop my music—through his profound revelation of the Word of God and dynamic teaching ministry has revolutionized the lives of many in the body of Christ through his practical approach to applying the deep biblical truths of the word of God. Pastor Keenan uh, reveals the authority and identity of the new covenant believer. He is the senior pastor of Grace and Peace Global Fellowship in Tampa, Florida, where he lives with his wife Gloria and their three children. God has placed on Pastor Keenan, a peculiar anointing for understanding and teaching the scriptures, along with the gift of prophecy and healing. Pastor Keenan and his wife Gloria, through an apostolic anointing, are committed to equipping the body of Christ to live in the supernatural every day and fulfill the great commission. This is a little short bio I found on the internet about uh, our pastor that I'm featuring. All right now, so hear ye the word.
1: Tell you about the day I stopped being black. Many people won't like what I have to say, but I feel compelled to share. You see, I grew up in a black family, black neighborhood, There were black leaders all around me, black churches. In fact, I went to a black elementary school, high school, middle school, even a historically black college and university. Was very involved in different things, was very proud of my culture, my heritage. But unfortunately, the more I learned about the plight of black people, the more inflamed I became. One day after moving to Florida, a place where I experienced some very, very severe discrimination, I'm in a store, and I was mistreated, discriminated against, profiled. And in my anger, I said to God, when are you going to take the reproach of black people away? And to my surprise, he answered me, In a still small voice. And this is what he said. Three things that changed my life. Number one, he said, I already did in my son, Jesus Christ. Number two, he said, no one has control over you except what you give them. And number three, and this was the kicker. He says, and oh, by the way, you're not black. That was the most difficult thing I'd ever heard in my life. It went against everything I was taught, everything I believed. He said this to me, he continued to say, you are a spiritual being created in my image and after my likeness, and you have no limitations. As much as I wrestled with that, I knew in my heart it was true. I remember the scripture in Genesis 2 where God breathed into Adam and he became a living soul. Adam was a speaking spiritual being, and so am I, and so are you. You see, the truth is, this is not just about my blackness and this is not to offend or be disrespectful toward a beautiful culture, a beautiful complexion, a beautiful heritage. But this is to say that my blackness is not my identity. Neither is your whiteness, your identity or whatever persuasion you affiliate yourself with. Our truest identity is our spiritual connection to God, our relationship with God. That's who you really are. And the truth of the matter is, until we discover this and believe this, we will continue to be distracted by things that have been set in place from a very long time ago. I'm not black, you're not white, but God is our Father. God bless you. It's
0: good to go. Go, go, yeah, it's good to go, good to go, good to go. Don't you know my love for you is good to go? I said it's good to go, good to go, good to go. Yep, that Don't was you know our, my love for you is my, good to go. My special feature. My love for you is always my Doctor, give my heart to you. Bridges is good to go. we really spirits passing through, my love around each other. We're just spirits with an outside vessel. Yeah, we're not black, white, green, good Mexican. We're we're just spirits. I said it's so, go. yes, it it's good, good to go. go. Oh yeah, it's a good, good song. To Pastor, Dr. Doc, Pastor Keenan Bridges. You can find him on Facebook and pick it up for yourself. It's any good, of his good, sermons, good like I did. Go, 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 go I'm sharing, like everybody else is sharing. I'm on my podcast. I share. That's why I got my episode called Sunday Worship, because I want to share. Let's go with the flow. Woo. And cruise on the low. so Pick this uh, segment out because um, he's talking about us church folks. Yeah, he's giving us a real <laughs> look at ourselves. And you need to hear this. looking at ourselves about going to church and being a Christian. Hear ye the word.
1: Hey friends all over the world, I want to share something with you tonight because i have been really pondering this and i get a lot of questions and i get a lot of feedback people write they text they email they sometimes call sometimes even in person you hear these kind of questions and i want to tell you some things or tell you what rather your pastor can't tell you or he won't tell you and a lot of what i'm about to tell you is is true and it may offend you a little bit and I don't mean to be offensive. It may shock you a little bit. I don't really mean to shock you, but I just really want to be honest with you to help answer some of these questions that you're asking or maybe pondering in your head. And if you're a leader, pastor, maybe share this with your congregants, or if you're a congregant, maybe share with your pastor, or if you stop going to church, maybe you stop going to church because you have had bad experiences in church. Or maybe you've heard bad things about the church and you don't really want to go anymore. I'm just going to tell you some stuff um, that that you probably won't hear from your pastor. Uh, and there's a number of reasons you won't hear it from him. But one of the reasons is that uh, he or she may be afraid to be uh, this honest with you. But I'm going to tell you the truth about it, okay? So please share this. Um one of the things that I hear, in fact, I was having a conversation the other day with a, f- a friend of mine, and we were talking about just the church, and one of the things that I hear um, oftentimes from people is they say, well, I don't want to go to church because of hypocrisy, or, or the church just wants your money, and and the church is this, and the church is that, or, or I like going to church because they have a great youth ministry, or I I support them because they have great projects and, and things like that. Let me let me let me tell you something. I hope you hope you can hear me on this. Hear me as, as, as good as you can. You are not doing your pastor a favor by coming to church. You're not doing your pastor a favor by coming to church. You are not doing your pastor a favor by tithing. You know, there's some serious misconceptions going on because we live in a seeker driven narcissistic culture and because the average pastor has less than a hundred members in his church and the few that he has, he's afraid to lose, he won't be at, he won't be honest with you. And the truth is a lot of pastors are tired of you. They're tired of you. You members are tired of you. They're tired of you. And the reason why they're tired of you is because we have taught in American westernized Christianity, a sense of entitlement that doesn't really exist in the Bible. And so people say things and do things that they feel they are entitled to say and do based off of a misperception of Christianity, a misperception of the church. Let me tell you a couple of things. Number one, the church does not exist to inspire you. This is this is going to hurt, but it's the truth. The church doesn't exist to inspire you. You know, I go to church to be inspired. That's not why we go to church. That's not that has nothing to do with us. Gathering is the church a place where you can be inspired. Yes, but that's not why I go to church. I don't go to church for inspiration. I don't go to church because it's convenient. I don't go to church because they have a great kids program. First of all, you're responsible for raising your own kids. You're responsible for leading your children in devotion at home. It's not the church's job to raise your disobedient children. It is not the church's job to babysit your kids while you can be inspired during a sermon. That is not the role of the church. We don't choose churches based off of how great the children's program is or if they have events and field trips for my kids or the flavor of the candy. I don't go to church because they have great coffee or because they're near my house. I don't even go to church because they have some great uh, missions activities. That is not why you go to the church that has nothing to do with being a Christian at all. The reason I go to church, hear this, your pastor won't tell you because he's scared to lose you, but I'm going to tell you, the reason why you go to church is because God told you to. Now, I know that, that we don't like that, but when you become a Christian, you no longer have control over your life. You gave that up the minute you said the quote-unquote sinner's prayer, which actually is another problem that exists. There are many people who said a prayer 30 years ago and kept living the way they wanted to live, and they call themselves Christians. You are not a Christian. You are not saved. If you said a prayer 30 years ago, but God has never had any say-so in your life, you are not a Christian. Even if you go to church... Even if you listen, you take yourself and the man you're living with to church once every two months. And you say, I'm a you are not a member of a church, nor are you a Christian. And so what happens is we come with a selfish, narcissistic, entitled mentality that tells us that the church is a buffet like Golden Corral that exists to give us what we want when we want it. And if I don't like the flavor of something, I'll just choose something else. And if they don't do what I want them to do and make me feel comfortable, I'm going to leave and go somewhere else. And I actually have the narcissistic belief that by leaving, I'm hurting the pastor or I'm denying the church somebody really great. In reality, I probably help that church to grow. Because my presence there was a drain on that ministry. Because here I am, I am coming to consume, but I am not coming to contribute. And this is the truth. And so we don't want to tell you this truth because we're scared to lose you. And if I tell you something that you don't like, you're going to get upset and you're going to leave. And, oh, God, I'm going to leave this church. And I'm just, you know, I just don't. I'm not comfortable. Let me help you, Miss Patty and Miss Sally and Brother Bob. Let me tell you something. The church does not exist for your comfort. It never did, never will. It is not about your comfort or what you like. Nobody cares what you like. We just pretend to care oftentimes because of our own insecurities as pastors and because we're tired of being a storefront church with 30 members or 20 members and we're tired of the revolving door. So we get to a point in our psychosis that we actually want to begin to retain people. And so we tell you things that aren't true. We tell you that your opinion matters. It does not. It never did, never will. And so here it is. We are in 2021 and we are faced with the existential crisis of what is the church and what is the believer. <sighs> Let me take a breath. Whew, that was a lot to get out. I got more. And, and, and here it is. Another problem is that many of you think that your opinion is the most important factor in your life. It's really not. The most important factor in your life if you're a Christian is God's word. And if the word is not your final authority, you need to examine yourself. Now, some of you are going to say, you know, I'm offended by this. Great. That was my intention. I definitely want to offend you. I do. I want to offend you and to those who are misconstruing my message and saying hey you know what everybody's not like this and this I didn't say everybody was like this, and if you don't understand that we need to take you to fourth grade grammar class where you can understand what it means to have a modifier in a statement. I didn't say all Christians are like this and all churches are like this and all folks that go to church are like this. No, I didn't say that. Nope, 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 nope. What I said is many people. And I said, if, which is a conditional statement, if you have never surrendered your life to Jesus, if God can't tell you where to go to church, if he can't tell you how much of your money to give to God and how much of your money to sow in support of his vision for your life, then you are not a Christian. I don't care how many times you went to vacation Bible school and how many times they told you that you were great and they gave you popcorn and you watched a Christian movie or you went to see Woodlawn or Facing the Giants. It doesn't matter. The reality is the moment we give our lives to Christ, we are not our own anymore. You're not your own. You're not your own. See, here's a reality. Let me tell you something that a lot of you guys don't know. Did you know how many pastors committed suicide in the last three, four, five years? Do you know how many pastors quit ministry? Do you know how many pastors are suffering from depression? Because we have... A standard of a pastor. the pastor is supposed to be your counselor. he's supposed to be your children's teacher. he's supposed to be your coach, your mentor, your inspiration. he's supposed to be an example for you. He's supposed to be your priest. he's supposed to be your mediator. he's supposed to be your family counselor. he's supposed to be a lawyer. he's supposed to be he's supposed to be an advisor. he's supposed to do your taxes. And so what we've done, we have a generation of people who go to church, But they don't even know what the church is because we haven't taught it. We haven't taught you what the church is. We haven't taught you what is required of you. We haven't taught you that no, this is not, this is not a convenience based relationship. It is a covenant based relationship. It has nothing to do with convenience. It is not because I'm conveniently located between the corner of this and that, or because I have a convenient children's ministry that give my child graham crackers and popcorn. It is the call of God upon my life. It is Acts chapter 2. The Bible says, and they continued in the apostles' doctrine, breaking bread from house to house. Paul said in Thessalonians, that you receive from us as not the word from men, but the word of God. Now I know what you're going to say. Some of you're going to say, "Well, but there's abuses in the church. I was hurt. I was raped. I was molested. This happened to me and therefore that's why I don't go to church and that's why I don't trust church people." And I understand that and I and I definitely empathize and sympathize with you on that. Many people have been hurt by the hands of pastors, preachers, parishioners, etc. But here is the problem that I have. Many lawyers have been disbarred For malpractice in law but we still seek legal advice many doctors have been uh, removed from board certification because of malpractice things that they've done wrong and folks have even died under their care yet we still call on the doctor many judges have been removed from the bench for fraud but we still stand before the judge many teachers have been uh, sent home for sleeping with students and doing all kinds of perverse things, yet we still send our kids to school. Many uh, social workers have had inappropriate relationships with their clients, yet we still seek after social workers. So here's my, my, my point. The point I'm trying to make is that it is not about what you want. It is not about what you like it is not about your preference it's about god's word and what happened back in in the 90s is something called the seeker friendly movement and and one of the main churches that that was the sponsors of this movement and one of the the largest proponents of this movement has gone through one of the most devastating times in their ranks. They, they had all kinds of issues of abuse and they found out all kinds of scandalous things. And they did a study of 20,000 Christians and they found out from these 20,000 Christians that the people who have been attending these seeker-friendly ministries that told them what they want to hear, that gave them the best coffee, that had the shortest services, services 30 minutes and an hour and all of this stuff, they found that these people were not growing in their spiritual lives. And the truth is this, what doesn't challenge you won't change you, it won't change you. God came to challenge us, not to make us comfortable. He came to change us. And so we have to make a decision. Are we going to do a God's way or our way? People have said to me, you know, I bought one of your books. I'm supporting you by buying one of you. You're not supporting me by buying my book. You're supporting you. You're supporting you. Yep. You don't go to the college and buy a science book and say you're supporting the author of the science book. No, I'm getting a book that I need in order to pass my class. It's necessary. See, this whole mentality that we have derived in the church of entitlement, that someone owes us something, and that my responsibility as a preacher is to prove to you that I'm not going to hurt you, that is false and fallacious, and it is totally unscriptural. And the reality is that somebody said to me, well, you know, I don't trust pastors, and I don't trust you because my last pastor, and I told them very lovingly, but very honestly, I said, the truth of the matter is, it's not my job to gain your trust. I don't, I don't need you to trust me. That's between you and God. It is not my responsibility to to heal the wounds of your past. I am not God. I am a pastor. I have my own challenges. I have my own things that I'm walking through. I have my own family and my own church. This is the reality. We are on a journey together. You will not find a perfect pastor or a perfect church. And even if you found one, It won't be perfect when you get there. Now pause and think on that. Most of us who are men and women of God, we didn't choose this calling. It was chosen for us. I didn't want to be a pastor. I didn't want to be a pastor. This wasn't something that I rolled over. The average pastor who is a real pastor didn't choose this. We're trying to obey the call of God upon our lives, and we're trying to be the best example that we can, and we're trying to follow Jesus. And so these stipulations and requirements that people are placing on leaders is so unreasonable and unbiblical. It's not my, I am not, I am not responsible for the hurt that you've been through. I am not responsible for the pain that you've walked through. No. I am not the archetype for every man that's ever betrayed your trust. Yep. And therefore, it is not my calling to make you feel comfortable. Yep. It is my calling to preach the gospel to you, that's to it. teach you the word of God that's in its on. unadulterated format yep. and to love you. Yep. That's it. This is the truth. Your pastor don't want to tell you. He's afraid to tell you. He oh, won't hey. tell you. Oh, he's no. scared. He tells you, know, ah, you know, you're the best. No, you're right. And you are the best. No, he's right. But it doesn't mean you're right all the time. No. Come on. It doesn't mean you're right all the time. Come on, preach. It doesn't mean that, that. I mean, I mean, listen, this spirit of manipulation mm. that has gotten into the hearts of so many people, has gotten into the hearts of so many people. I had people that would tithe and think because they tithe, which is what you're supposed to do. You had a right to run the church. This is insanity. Imagine, listen, let me even tell you what it's like. It's like buying stock in Walmart and trying to go into the board meetings. (laughs) The police will arrest you. You'll be thrown out and sent to jail for trespassing. Just because you own stock in Walmart doesn't mean you can run the company. Nope. (laughs) And first of all, Statistically speaking, about 6% of Christians tithe in the United States. Mm. So when do we become so entitled? All right. When do we become so entitled? Yeah, when do we sit and say, God, before I serve you, you got to prove to me that you? he does not have to prove anything to you. Okay. God created you. Yes. You were dirt before oh, yeah. he breathed life into you. He formed you in your mother's womb. Okay. And you only exist because... His spirit animates your body. So, when do we get to a place where we have the right to tell everyone else what they should be doing and how they should act? And we've never pastored a church before, but we're telling every pastor how he should run his ministry. People, please stop this. People, stop.
0: That's
1: right. Stop. Stop it. I love you. I'm just going to tell you the truth. Oh, and if you don't want the truth, then you found the wrong page. I promise right you, man. you did. <laughs> found the wrong page. Oh, yeah. We need to change. Oh, yeah. We need to humble ourselves oh, and pray. Perfect. Second Chronicles 7, 14. Seek his face and turn from, from our wicked, wicked ways. ways.
0: Oh yeah. Yes, we
1: do. Not my will jesus even said this not my will but yours be done come
0: on preach
1: jesus said it oh, yeah. not my will oh, yeah. but yours be done see let me tell you something this is the last thing i'm saying i'm gonna get off this live broadcast okay, pastoring almost killed me and it almost killed me because i had so many false notions of what it meant to be a pastor and i allowed people to wear me out I allow people to drain me. I allow people wow. to manipulate me. I allow, to oh, yeah. I allow people's feelings and their thoughts and their opinions to control me oh. until I got delivered. Oh. Come on. Until I got delivered from this. Come
0: on. Come on.
1: Until the Lord showed me it was not my calling. To be absorbed with the opinion of the people. Yeah, that's true. wasn't my calling. Oh. My calling is to walk in love. My calling is to teach. And you leaders, listen, some of you are wearing yourselves out. Mm-hmm. You're wearing yourselves out doing mm-hmm. things that God never told you to do. Oh. Mm-hmm. So I want to challenge you today. What does the word of God say? What does the word of God require of us? Because when you stand before the judgment seat, you won't be able to say, but my pastor said. You're going to be accountable for what God said. God bless you, beloved. And remember, Jesus is Lord. Amen, amen, amen on that one, y'all.
0: Looking for the Lord, I look at God's angels. Oh, my Lord. I look at God's angels. Working for the Lord, oh my God, you have a right. I look at God's angel working for the Lord. I see God's angels working for the Lord. Sunday I worship. God's For the Lord, I hear God's angels shouting for the Lord. I hear God's angels shouting for the Lord. I hear God's angels shouting for the Lord. I hear, yes, I hear. Oh, I hear God's angels shouting for the Lord. I feel God's angels changing the world. world. I feel God's angels changing the world. Yes, I feel God's angels changing the world. I feel, yes, I feel, oh, I feel God's angels changing the world. do yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's my song, God's Angels.